Welcome to Player One on Sin. We have another fantastically exciting week out for you guys. So get excited, get the cat excited, get everyone excited. We're going for what is going to be a fantastic show. Now, of course, I'm not alone tonight. Tonight, I am joined by the ever so wonderful Eleni, who is not here apparently. No, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I was just um accidentally muted. But yes, yeah, so excited to to be with you, Bianca. It's been a while. You haven't been on for a while. No, no, it's been. About two weeks. It hasn't been that long. Uh, last time I was on, I got beaten in the quiz. So let's hope that doesn't happen again in later tonight's quiz. Speaking of the quiz, though, we have this week's quiz master. That's pretty exciting. Tom, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm normally fantastic, B, but, uh, you know, it's hay fever time. I like to sneeze. Uh, I'm, I'm a radio host. Those combinations don't go well together. Oh, wait, i got to... Uh, uh. Oh, he muted just in time. Thank, thank Lord. All righty. Although we have plenty of places where you can hear Tom in a not so sniffly capacity. One of those places, of course, is Player One on Sin on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Definitely check out the TikTok. There is heaps of really cool content on there. If you're not on TikTok, then you're probably older than us. But of course, if you also want to check out our lovely voices, you can check out Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and literally anywhere else where good podcasts are found. Once again, if we're not there, well, I'm sorry, it's not a good podcast platform. That's just how it is. Uh, we have heaps of previous episodes. Um, we have the Battle of the Brands that recently went up. That was a really good listen. You should go listen into that because that was fun. We also have a bunch of interviews with some Twitch streamers. That's a bit of fun too, as well as a doomed uh, book club. That's that's one hell of a bunch of words put together. So definitely check those out on Player One on Sin. But of course, we're going to bring it down for just a moment because things do get difficult sometimes. And if you or a friend feel like you may need help, there are places to go. Those places include Beyond Blue at 1300 224 636, Kids Helpline at 1800 and Q Life Helpline at 1800-184-527. So if you really ever do feel like you might need someone to talk to, that's the place to go. But we're going to move on to a pretty good song. Just, just a pretty good song. It's just, you might like it. Here is The Sound of Silence by Pentatonics on Play. You just heard Without You by Becca Hatch. Now that was an explicit song, so I do hope that if you were listening in with the kids, you tuck them away, you you know, close their ears, close their eyes, but that's all right because, you know, um, one of the amazing parts about that song is that it is, of course, part of Sins Sweet 16. Check them out every Sunday, 5 p.m., and before that was The Sound of Silence by Pentatonics. You are listening to Play One on Sin. I'm Eleni, joined by Bianca and Tom. And now, folks, we've got some tasty news for you all in the gaming space. Some of this news we'll be covering in depth a bit later on, but I'm going to jump straight in with everyone's favourite topic, video game preservation. Um, it continues to take centre stage at the moment with Embracer Group creating a new archive centre in Sweden that has been tasked with gathering all physical video games, consoles and accessories in one place, which is 
a very um, challenging feat, I do think, really exciting, you know, particularly with things sort of moving to the digital space now. It's lovely to see that, you know, we're, we're making sure that the history of gaming isn't disappearing. But moving on to some other exciting news, um, consumer sales um, data from Interactive Games and Entertainment Association, so IGAA, has recently revealed that Australians spent nearly $4 billion Australian dollars on video games last year. Uh, a quick breakup of that money. So $1.5 billion was spent on mobile games, which is amazing, not surprising, obviously, because mobile games is such a big space. But it's really interesting to see Australians really, really getting around the, the gaming space. Very, very good news for us as a Australian gaming radio show to see that we're not the only ones who are loving it. But some sadder news for anyone who's a fan or looking forward to The Quarry. Supermassive and 2K have announced that the online multiplayer will be delayed to July 2022. So, of course, the game is coming out next week, but anyone who wanted to play online, you'll be having to wait an extra month. But, you know, the the single-player experience is going to be very exciting, something I'm super keen for. I know Connor is as well, so stay tuned for our review and content on The Quarry when it comes out. But as reported by Kotaku, an Assassin's Creed streamer by the name Hayat Bahadori has completed each of the main games on their hardest difficulty without taking any damage, which is both very impressive, firstly, but also such a strange thing to to commit to. Like of all the games to try and get through without taking damage, Assassin's Creed would not be on the top of my list, but kudos to them. That is a very impressive feat, something I know I definitely couldn't do, but onto more Assassin's Creed news. Um, Origins has just got an update, um, which will allow the game to run on 60 frames per second for Xbox Series S and X and PlayStation 5 consoles. So we love a little a little update, even though that game is, you know, kind of dead and buried. But hey, you know, it's good if people want to play it on a higher frame rate. Maybe that streamer can go back and play that one again on the higher frame rate. Anywho. Something we will be discussing a bit later is that Sonic Frontiers has gotten a little teaser of gameplay footage, which is very exciting. And stay tuned for that later on the show because we will be discussing it in depth. But before we get to that, we've got some PSVR 2 updates. Um, according to analyst Ming-Chi Kyo, the PSVR 2 manufacturers will be entering mass production of the VR headset uh, with 1.5 million units expected to be developed sometime towards the latter half of this year. Um, and the analyst then went on to say that the headset will then be ready to launch in the first quarter of 2023. So very exciting news for gaming fans and particularly people who are really into VR. So interesting to see how that all comes to fruition. But before we get into that, some more things we'll be discussing a bit later is that Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West, uh, has a TV show that is confirmed to be in the works with Netflix. So we have lots of thoughts on that. So check that one out a bit later. And lastly, some, some very sad news for the gaming space. Game producer Shinji Hashimoto has announced that he is retiring from Square Enix after almost 30 years with the company. Now, definitely a name most people will know, but Hashimoto is a legend in the gaming space and is best known for his role as the brand manager for both Final Fantasy and co-creator of Kingdom Hearts. So very sad to see that retirement, a fantastic career, you know, a pioneer in the gaming space, but I'm sure that, you know, retirement will be a fantastic vibe. But, you know, speaking of games, Tom, what are our tasty releases for this week? Oh, there's a few of them, and I can confirm that they are indeed tasty. Here, coming this week, we have 
Spellforce 3 Reforced for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One coming on June 7th. As well on June 7th, we have three other Spellforce 3 releases, which are Spellforce 3 Reforced Soul Harvest DLC, the Fallen God DLC, and the Complete Edition coming to PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and PlayStation 4, as well as Xbox One for that Reforced Complete Edition. Coming on June 9th, we have Mad Shot for the PC, Pro Cycling Manager 2022 for the PC, Tour de France 2022 for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, and PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Coming on June 10th, we have Mario Strikers Battle League for the Switch, and as well, uh, The Quarry for PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Wow, that's all of the releases. I'm super excited for this week, but I'm also really, really excited for this next song, which is So They Say by Hedelic. And after that, Cold Wind by Ruby Goon. Here on Player One on Sim. You just heard Cold Wind by Ruby Goon, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every single week at sim.org.au. And before that was So They Say by Hedelic, another fantastic song. And I feel a bit of a cold wind come over me and blow through the rumours. Once again, we're talking about video game adaptations on Netflix, Amazon, and so many other streaming services. Um, And look, there are two that are really coming out that are surprising me there are three that were kind of announced one of them was re-announced so i'm not really counting that personally but horizon zero dawn uh, horizon even um we're getting a netflix tv show for that which is interesting that could be good my personal opinion there i reckon that's got a place god of war was re-announced of course for amazon and the one that i didn't know could have been a thing gran turismo what it's cars <laughs> that's the movie cars but no disney i mean i like the movie cars and i don't like disney yeah but this is cars but if you removed all of the characters because gran turismo if i'm being completely honest is the most milk toast boring racer ever and it really is well that's I- what i was gonna say it's not even like it's like i don't know like of all the like racing video games to adapt this is not the one that i would have thought that i'd be seeing um so definitely an odd choice and yeah um as reported by ign it hasn't actually been announced what streaming service that one will be coming to but you know the the interesting thing here is looking at um how playstation are really investing in adapting so many big series for them i mean obviously we had um the uncharted movie that just came out which you know was a pretty solid success you know met with relatively favorable reception and you know did pretty well at the box office obviously we've got things like the last of us being developed by hbo we've got a ghost of tsushima um film being adapted god of war as as you said bianca is coming to amazon and then we've got horizon to netflix so they're really kind of going all in um and i think it's been pretty successful so far i mean Look, Microsoft tried to dip in with with Halo, which maybe wasn't the the result they were looking for. Um, but Tom, which of these shows are you most excited for? Oh, it's it's a little bit of like confusion, I would say. I'm really excited for a lot of these stories and these things to be told. 
I feel like a lot of the, at the moment, modern film and television is a bit dependent on like nostalgia and hype. And it might be that like, oh yeah, okay. A secure way to make a television show or a movie that will make money is to put it under the title of something that already exists or like a, a big fandom, like uh, Gran Turismo, for example. Great point B, there's no story in this. What is this? It's just, they put the title Gran Turismo on a, a car show by the sounds of it already. Like it doesn't hold any weight really that, that, that's exactly it I, I can't see any brand of tv you know studio producers whatever picking this up with the exception of what espn and that's just going to be a special broadcast of an f1 race <laughs> it, it's not it's not a thing they could do nascar too they could do the nascar they, could, they, could do NASCAR. they just could do nascar but that's I just th- like cars then I definitely do think it's interesting seeing PlayStation play so heavily into this. And I think there is definitely a thing to be said where they're just attaching names to um, stories. I think Halo is probably the biggest example of that because the Halo show has been pretty much um, headline after headline after headline of things that Halo fans do not want. Things like Master Chief taking off his um, helmet. Things like Master Chief canonically losing his virginity in the series. That... I don't think there was many people who asked for that. Yeah, to um, quote Dizzy Rascal, bonkers. That's a good word for it. Um, and it's like, it's strange. I do feel like they're just writing a story and going uh, almost we've almost like they used to do in the old days where they'd build a game and then get a license and then just attach some characters to it. Like, I feel like that's where we are with video game movies right now. Um, Gran Turismo, again, I don't know how they're going to do that one, but there's, there's potential. A lot of these PlayStation brands, um, they are very story driven games with great stories attached. So they kind of naturally just pass over into um, obviously movies. I do think though, I'll give some some silver lining, you know, instead of being so such a, a down in the dumps, Tom, about this. Okay. I think PlayStation coming out and being super like all these things we're doing are coming out to like uh, visual media means that most likely the last of a show is doing really well in internally. Like they're, they're very happy with it. If they, because that was, that seemed was the first kind of like push of this. At least that's how I want to see it. I think that's the one show I am super excited for is Last of Us. As we all know, probably my favorite PlayStation Sony title. One of my favorite console experiences. I'm very excited for that. But what about you, Eleni? No, I I totally agree in that I do think The Last of Us will be really good. Um, uh, The one thing that I find interesting about these announcements, particularly God of War, is I feel like that has the capacity to be fantastic, especially because when you look at it, as sort of an adaptation of mythology as well. Obviously, you know, the original games focused more on Greek mythology and now sort of the the rebooted series is more sort of Norse mythology. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. I mean, you look at, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder is a perfect example. That film that's coming out in a couple months will probably be very similar, maybe potentially, to what a God of War series could be. Um, So... I think that's a great idea. I think the thing with um, a Horizon series, which, you know, you sort of mentioned before, Bianca, is that the worry with that is if it does sort of directly adapt, say, the first game and follow those characters, there's always the worry that you bring in a beloved character, you change a few things and fans aren't happy. I think Horizon would be a great example of a TV show that builds off the lore of the games and takes the universe but tells a different narrative. Um 
and having a character like Aloy, I think, you know, casting decisions would always, you know, spark controversy already. People are adamant that Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones has to play the character. And in fairness, she does exactly look the part. So I get that. But I think that's the direction gaming TV shows should go in for the most part, where they sort of take the law in the same way, you know, you look at book adaptations. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited, though. I think it's it's awesome to see, you know, sort of gaming really move into the mainstream. I think, like you said, Tom, something like a Last of Us TV show making its way to HBO could be a, a really big sort of step in people giving gaming narrative sort of the the respect it deserves in a mainstream media. But, you know, that's that's all the time we've got to chat about this. And, you know, we're going to take a step back, let our voices rest while we let you enjoy some fabulous tunes. And our next song coming up is Champions, the Roller Champions main theme uh, by the Tech Thieves. And you are listening to Player One on Sin. You just heard Better Off Without by Rachel Chinori. I hope I pronounced that right. If not, you can check up on my spelling on the Sweet 16 every Sunday at Sweet on the Sweet 16 show. This is English, and it's a very hard language, actually. Now, of course, if you want to check that one out, it was also on sin.org.au. And the song before that was Superstar by Beatridge, a great song as well. Now, look, better off without. When I think of things that are better off without being touched, open world and Sonic. Not two things I think of and I go, ah, yeah, put them together. It makes sense. Sort of Sonic just runs around. He kind of just runs around. We finally got a proper bit of trailer and some proper gameplay footage, or at least gameplay footage in quotations, um, for Sonic Frontiers. And this is exciting because it won. It actually looks pretty good. Um, I think initially the combat being more than pressing A, that's pretty, pretty exciting. You get to run around the enemies and like spin tornadoes around them. You get little silly, hopefully to be fixed, animations of Sonic upside down um, when you do that as well uh, we got a good look at how the world's going to really look uh, with you know loops and um, bits and pieces for Sonic to run on Um, and the way I can describe this landscape without you watching the trailer pretty much is it's Breath of the Wild but there's a whole bunch of Sonic everywhere there is grind rails all throughout the sky which looks very strange i feel like they could have done that a thousand times better um there are little bits and pieces everywhere for sonic to interact with um as well the music for this as sonic usually does it's already really good there's already a lot of promise with this game but i think the biggest thing for it is that combat that combat looks really good it looks maybe not really good but it looks better than you know you run up to enemy press homing attack press homing attack again and then press homing attack for a third time how wacky it's it's good i am i am expecting more though because this just looks like an empty world it almost looks like a fan game that every sonic uh, fan has made for the last 10 years you know that's actually sorry that's a great point this I watched this trailer this morning. Super excited to talk about it with you, B. I knew you'd be have everything you wanted to say. One thing as like a, a kind of a, a faint Sonic fan, this game looked like they had an open world game. They have like all these assets, and they're like, let's just put a Sonic in it because everything kind of it comes. It's got this pseudo like open world realistic touch that we see a lot of the time. But Sonic is just like Sonic. Sonic. It yeah. doesn't look like Sonic game. It, it, so it, Sonic just looks so out of place. 
he looked so goofy in this world. You know, I would have loved it if it was like, oh, you know, we kind of got the Green Hill Zone going on. We oh. got some crazy, wacky-looking robot animals. But I'm I'm completely of the mindset there was a huge opportunity to split up the map, ergo Breath of the Wild, and have each different area. So, example, your lava area, your sand area, your water area. Call them zones because what are they going to be? Zones. Now they're actually going to be zones that you can walk around I said zones like four times in the last 30 seconds but they're going to be places that you could walk around in and i don't think they've done that and i'm a little disappointed by that but eh, maybe we're wrong who knows we've only seen the grasslands i mean i think the thing to note is um like sort of the resurgence of sonic in the past couple of years like it honestly if someone had told me like i don't know like over five years ago that like we would have two really solid Sonic movies and now people would be really excited about like new gaming content and like, you know, it's looking kind of fresh and different. I probably would have just laughed in their face and been like, you're joking, right? So it's fantastic. And I think it's like a testament to, you know, the how a change well, in direction. Well, too, yeah, yeah, definitely a, a testament to the character. I mean, Sonic's one of the most iconic gaming figures ever, which is, you know, it's it's also great to see that, that then, you know, you can have such a, historic character who can you know make the transition to to modern gaming i think that's lovely um i mean you did sort of note the whole barren or potentially barren look of the the world that's probably the thing that worried me the most i think like you said it it should be kind of hectic and i think that would be awesome like imagine a breath of the wild kind of style world but there's just like crap happening everywhere like that would be awesome i love the idea of that um so yeah, I this took me by surprise because it it does look really intriguing. And I think even, you know, for obviously fans of of the Sonic series, like B, I know you're so excited, but I feel like even as someone who isn't necessarily a huge Sonic fan, this definitely caught my eye. So I'm really intrigued to see what they do with it. But before we wrap up, have you got any final thoughts, B, before we head into our music? I think you hit the nail on the head with just being a weird resurgence for Sonic. I was searching for Twitter immediately after the trailer came out. And the one thing I saw that I haven't seen for a long time in Sonic's, um, like people who love Sonic and people who want the games to be good, is people were actually excited for the first time in a very long time after really only mania without any real complaints, without um, any issues with you know, Forces looks bad, Worlds looks bad, Boom looks bad. Um, and then obviously they were all pretty bad. So, you know, people are still holding their breath a little bit with this uh, with this game because Sonic and the track record is not fantastic, but it's a breath of fresh air um, and it's hopefully going to be that push that this iconic franchise needs. So I don't know, if if I was Sega right now, I would be saying, see me now. Here is our next song. See Me Now by Front Row, here on Player One on Sim. Gotham Freestyle is the song that you just heard, and that is by Southside Danny featuring Caleb the Rapper, or The Rapper. It's a bit of a weird one. That was explicit, but you already heard it. Or you didn't, because it was explicit. Here on Player One, it is top of the hour, which means if you check your watches, if you check your oven timers, as we talked about last week, you might have noticed that it is approximately uh, nine o'clock which is cool. We love nine o'clock. What a great time of night. There's so many things going on, but the best thing going on is playing one at Sin. And I'll tell you right now, it's not just at nine o'clock. It's also the rest of the night, of course, but on our socials, which is forever, which is at Player One Sin on Twitter, 
and Instagram. It's also Player One on YouTube and Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and Spotify. I felt like there was more. I got really hyped up. But those YouTube and all of our podcast realms are really good because you can check out all of our old stuff. You can find out about some of the side content we do. If you love hearing us like ramble and talk about video games, that's all those things are. It's just us going on and on and on. But I must slow down because sometimes we talk about some really intense stuff and we have some numbers here that can be of help if you ever find things too distressing. We have Beyond Blue at 1-300-224-636. Uh, Kids Helpline, 1-800-55-1800 and QLife Helpline at 1-800-184-527. Guys, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about uh, banning things, things getting banned. We're going to be talking about farming games. We're also going to be talking a little bit about my quiz. What's the topic? I know you don't. Maybe you do and you're listening to this as a rerun and you're like, wow, Tom, I already knew. Well, you should also know what song is coming up next, which is Running Up That Hill, a deal with God by Kate Bush and Slow Jams by Mellow Downs. That's explicit. Turn it down if there's a kid. But you're here on Player One and we are on sin. You just heard Slow Jams by Mellow Downs, uh, part of Sweet 16 here at Sin. That was an explicit track, so I do hope that you had the kids tucked away, but it's all done now so you can untuck them, you know, stop covering their ears because we've got some fun things to talk about in the gaming space. You're, of course, listening to Play One on Sin. I'm Eleni, joined by Tom and Bianca. And now, folks, we have a very kind of bizarre um, moment in the, in the gaming scene happening here. You know, one of the, I guess, the most unifying things in the gaming community is that sometimes we have our own special little language, you know, spe- specific jargon, phrases, words that you know, gamers use between each other. It's usually an easy way to identify who kind of gets involved in the gaming space, gaming industry, particularly looking at, you know, language surrounding streaming, esports, all that good stuff. Um, France don't seem to really like that kind of jargon. Um, and so recently French officials have kind of declared that they're going to they're gonna get rid of it and sort of this idea of, Maintaining the purity of their language does mean that they're trying to find uh, sort of French translations to a lot of sort of anglicized expressions. For example, pro gamer will now have a specific French phrase that I will not pronounce. Unfortunately, I don't speak French. Um, So for anyone listening in who does speak French, feel free to check this specific story out Um, because most of the sort of, I guess, more mainstream gaming expressions, like I said, pro, pro gamer, streamer, they've all been given a sort of specific translation. Um, I guess the interesting thing here and something I'll throw to both of you to chat about in a second is the the logic behind this. Really, the, the reason that France and the government and government officials are wanting to do this is purely to sort of maintain the integrity of their country to sort of, you know, uh, limit the amount of anglicised words and language slipping into the French vocabulary or French speaking natives. Um, Bianca, I throw to you, what are your sort of thoughts on, on this situation? So immediately I had to Google and pull up uh, an article that I remember reading around about this time last month, uh, where French President uh, Emmanuel Macron um, had actually gone on record on saying that he wants to bring video games into um, the French, uh, I guess, sphere and make them more relevant especially he said bringing them into both the Paralympics and the Olympics that was his 
Holmes be spiel with that. Will that happen? No, it won't. Um, but he made a point of making note of uh, the CSGO majors, Worlds for League of Legends, and the International for Dota 2, you know, major tournaments. And I'm genuinely wondering how you cover these without the, you know, ability to really use a lot of these words that are being anglicized. And the question is, you know, what words are going to be technically anglicized? Because the question obviously is going to be within the video game market um, and especially streaming and all that, words change constantly. Um, things like poggers then became pog um, and, you know, pog champ and everything changes like that. Those words, like, how's that going to work? There are so many, you know, gaming terminologies that do take, you know, they're there existence from actual words out there um and do really mix things in there and it's one of those things where i'm really not sure how this is going to work um i mean one that comes to mind is we we've had this conversation two weeks ago specifically with you tom um the difference between roguelike and roguelite <laughs> that's going to be really interesting to see them um you know try to describe that in the French language while also trying to um, hold the purity of it. It's a strange one. And I think they're definitely in the right for trying to, um, you know, keep the purity of the French language. It is a beautiful language, but I don't know if this is the way to do it. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you, Tom, how, how do you feel? I don't know. It's so interesting. I feel like, like as uh, an Australian, we often have a language that evolves rather rapidly. Like uh, we're the inventors of the selfie, you know, we got like the word garbo. We've never been too afraid culturally to butcher our own words. So it's probably rather like contrasting for us to sit here and be like, just trying to defend your language. Like what's the point? <laughs> and, but I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. Maybe it's because I sit in a very backseat position where I have almost zero involvement with uh, the French game development side or the game of the esports side. Where I'm just, I'm very excited to see where this goes, like what they do, how they manage to entangle themselves in this, like what further steps are they going to take? Of course, at the moment, there's only a few banned words, but how much deeper does it go? And as culture evolves, what's the next like video game thing that uh, we stand by that the French are going to have to be like, oh, another one? Ah, oh, and like have to change it. But I mean, one, video games, how long have they been around? And it took them this long. So it's going to be a that, slow process. I'm going to have to get buckled in and rested. You know what, though? I, I genuinely hope that there's one video game thing that never gets changed by any country, by any language, and that is the Pokemon theme. And this, of course, is the Pokemon theme as covered by Jonathan Young and Jason Page, who is the bloke who sung the song originally. That's pretty cool. Here on Player One on Sin with Bianca, Eleni, and Thomas. Dream High by Coda Banks. Was the song that you just heard. That was a part of Sin's Sweet 16. You can find that playlist live Sunday, 5 p.m. or on sin.org.au. In case you love it so much, you want to find it on Spotify, you want to listen to it. But one thing I love, guys, is farms. I don't think we have enough of them, frankly. Uh, I don't really know, actually. Is that a statistic that someone can pull up and correct me on? But before you do that, we're talking about video games on this show. I, of course, love farming video games. I like to plant a seed and virtually water it and virtually watch it grow and feel 
realistically satisfied. I don't know what it is about farming games. I don't know how they do it, but I think the low effort, but also like really high, like patience that they require just is so fulfilling and it fills a little hole in my heart. And I've talked about a lot on the show. Stardew Valley hits me so passionately uh, about how my one like gaming mystery I want resolved is why the, the grandpa's bed is so thin. You know, I just need to know. But guys, Eleni, Bianca, farming games. Where is that where it began for you? I think for me, that's why I'm going to start. Video games might have began with Facebook, Farmville. Was that it? Was that where I started this whole trip? Farmville didn't exist. I wouldn't be here today. Maybe we can dwell on that, but... <laughs> hey, I really don't like that idea that Farmville was as influential as it probably was to the farming genre? I guess it's a genre. There are plenty of farming games out there or games that include a farming part of it because obviously, it, as, as you said, it's one of those things where it's it's almost like watching numbers go up. It's watching, you know, the little plant get bigger, 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 change colour, and then you can harvest it or watching, you know... The, the sheep's wool um, get thicker and thicker and thicker, and then you can shear it. Um, I think Stardew Valley, as you mentioned, is one of the best, if not the best, I'll be just completely honest. Um, but one that I, I don't really ever hear people say is a farming game is um, just straight up Minecraft. The, the farming aspects in that are not overly deep, but there's plenty of mods out there that you can get that really make that deep and really make that a lot of fun, um, especially leading into things like, you know, crafting food, making stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to call a different game out, you know, one that isn't obvious, or maybe it's too obvious. I'm not sure. Um, farm, uh, farming simulator, farming sim. It's, they're weird. I don't understand them. But if you can get a couple friends together for a couple hours and try and figure out the game, you'll start, you know, planting seeds. Um, and eventually you'll have like a tractor that's stuck in the sky the entire game because those games are as buggy as it gets, but it's a relaxing time. It's something beautiful about these games. And I think it is just that, you know, uh, I'd almost describe it as you've gotten home from work, you're tired, you're exhausted, you need something to play to just kind of bring yourself down. I'm going to chuck on a farming game, you know, brain off for the next 10 hours um, and bam, I've got a farm. That's that's how I see them. They're great. They're, they are an underrated genre. Eleni, got any in mind? Um, yeah, well, just to kind of touch on what you were just saying, um, I love like farming games or farming simulator games because it it's kind of like a weird combination of like, you know, like an unproductive pastime. You know, you're just sitting on your couch on the on the chair playing games. But, like, you feel like you're being productive, you know, like you're growing crops, you're selling crops, you're maintaining them. There's that sense of, like, responsibility that you get out of playing a game like this or, like, a farming simulator when really you're just, like, sitting on your couch, like, drinking some water and having chips. Um, so I've always loved games like this because it kind of fulfills me with a sense of purpose when I'm just wanting to relax. Um on that note, uh, a really kind of personal, uh, get, like, farming game for me was, I don't know if either of you ever played Alice Greenfingers. Um, it was just, like, a PC game. Um, but I, like, adored it. It was very much so just, you know, you grow your crops, you harvest them, you sell them and stuff. Um, but it was something that my family and I all loved. Like, my little sister and I would play it back on the iPad and then we would play it on the computer. Um, and I have a very like fond memory of, you know, my 
my dad hopping on to play it and then like kicking my sister and I off the computer so that he could play. That's how invested we all were. Uh, so that's like a little obscure one. If anyone listening in knows what I'm talking about, let us know on social media because it actually is a great game. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a funny little genre of games because there's so many out there, I think. Um, and you know, they're, they're very beloved. I think people who love these types of games really adore them, uh, which is great to see. It's nice that, you know, we love an action adventure game. We love, you know, the, the bigger, more grandeur when it comes to games, but it's nice that you can have something as mundane as, you know, a typical farming experience. Um, and have so many people around the world loving it. I mean, even what you said, Bianca, about Minecraft, you know, you're right. Like maybe that's not the only aspect of Minecraft, but it's definitely part of what, you know, makes the game so fantastic. And I think so many games have some element of, of farming to them, um, which is great, which is great to see. We like that, you know, the wholesome content is in the gaming space. It's it's just such a fantastic world where you can you can go out and just enjoy yourself, just mellow out in like a, in a virtual space. I don't know. I just I find something so like cathartic in my head about how this is all just virtual and it's just my fake crops and they don't mean anything, but it means so much to me. But you know, it does have a lot of meaning. I'm sorry, I stole that segue. The same you, segue. <laughs> it is the same segue, I assume. Here is the opened way. It rhymes with segue. It's not the one I was going for, but we're going with it from the Shadow of the Colossus OST here on Player One on Sin. State Lines by Christiane is the song you just heard. That was part of the Sin's Sweet 16 here on Player One. I like to talk about banned things. Video games are fun and they're great. But what if we couldn't have them? Or what if we shouldn't have them? That's what we're here to talk about. Diablo Immortal, the classic Diablo game we all heard at BlizzCon referred to as, don't you guys have phones? Uh, I probably misquoted that. Doesn't matter. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh, was banned in Belgium and in the Netherlands for containing loot box content. It was banned three days before its launch to the app stores, but still. Uh, a real ban. And for containing loot boxes, Belgium and Netherlands are regularly strict on games like this, not letting them come out or having dropped games for containing loot boxes within them because of the gambling influence that they have on children, which is super hot topic right now as well, because uh, I mean, I'll divulge into a little bit in a moment. I just thought Diablo Immortal, in case you're you're not interested because of all the loot box stuff. It looks exactly like Red Raid Shadow Legends, uh, from what I can tell. So unless you're a super fan of mobile's hit MMORPG Raid Shadow Legends, then Diablo Immortal might not be for you. Also an MMORPG. But <laughs> banned loot boxes. Guys, I I I I'm kind of I think I'm on the train of Belgium and Netherlands here. I think I want loot boxes banned. Full stop. This is a weird one because it's not exactly um, black and white. There is, you know, that little bit of gray zone for these games to be able to make um, an income, obviously, after um, they've come out, especially with mobile games. Um, but there's the question of how they go about that. And I think that um, 
what I'm hearing here, especially with an MMO, um, that's horribly dangerous. And I do agree with banning them on the level of it's a gambling um, game. And I mean, it is. It gotchas gotchas in which you can buy or you need to buy, um, you know, the points or the coins or whatever to get your characters or your upgrades, which I'm assuming this game's going to do, um, given the wide variety of Diablo weapons. You know, that's what it's going to be. And with an MMO, it's just going to be the um, fear of missing out or the fear of, you know, someone else is going to get the, the Mega Weapon 77 uh, five-star. And... So the, the FOMO for the MMO? Yeah, the FOMO MMO. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be... It... It's going to be extremely dangerous, and I think there's um, definitely an element of doing that. I do think there's a level for... I think there's an element of being able to do loot boxes. Maybe not loot boxes, but in-game payments. Maybe a Game Pass system, something like that, that makes sense if treated correctly. But no, I, I think I'm with you, actually. Loot boxes are scummy. They're It's gambling given to children. It's um it really is forbidden fruit by quincy is the song that you just heard and you are here on player one on sin where last week we spoke a little bit about the games industry and the stereotypes that might be in it but i i needed to look inward i i looked in the mirror following that segment i realized that i, I wasn't truthful to myself okay i talk about stereotypes that we break stereotypes that exist but i didn't talk about the stereotypes that i feel like are within myself. So I wanted to talk, guys, a little bit about uh, what we think the games we play say about us. Now, I, I one of my favorite games, I think, is it a game? Well, one of my favorite games at the moment is, is GeoGuessr. And we go on to Google and you kind of like, you just figure out where you are in the world. And I play it relentlessly for hours. And I feel like, it's just a, oh, I'm too busy. I have no time to dedicate to proper video games now. Kind of lie that I tell myself. So I boot up a supposed five minute game and play it for five hours. That, yeah, this is like, this is my, my, my self-doubt slash angsty, I'm trying to do work arc, uh, GeoGuess of the browser game. But then like, I'm also super into esports. So I, I hate to admit it. But I, I do get a little angry behind the monitor sometimes. I keep my cool. I'm, I'm friendly to the people I meet online, but I, I'll run around my room and pace and scream at my teammates. My, friend, my, my friends, <laughs> not the strangers I meet, but uh, the people that I've, I've met along the way, I guess. <laughs> Guys, Eleni, Bianca, what kind of stereotypes or like truths do you think our games say about us? So you, you mentioned one that uh, made me think, wow, I'm not the same. You mentioned that you're able to hold your um, cool a little bit, you know, online with strangers. I find when I play online with strangers, I get very toxic, not in a too bad way, but I get very angry very quickly when playing an online game, which looking at my usual like library, it's, you know, there's a lot of calming games in there. There's a lot of single player challenge games in there. For example, I do a lot and love the, um, the whole, community uh, behind like Pokemon Nuzlocking and especially the hardcore community behind that where it's let's do a challenge that's just near impossible unless you get the exact right numbers um you know stuff like that 
Whereas I'll play like a game of Rocket League or I'll play a game of Enter Online game here and I'll get absolutely destroyed by someone who is a thousand times better at the game than I am um, just based on skill and I'll start to get really angry. Smash Bros is probably the best example of that where um, I'll get, I'll start playing really toxic um, just to, you know, get that kind of like really selfish toxic enjoyment out of knowing that I'm ruining someone else's experience, which is horrible. It really is. I know it is, but it's also really funny and it's kind of nice to do from time to time, you know, just be that toxic Sonic on online smash or be just someone that no one wants to play against be Sora like oh it's so much fun but I shouldn't do it but that's a stereotype I found that at least from, from my experience people who play online games very little tend to be the worst at keeping their cool with them I don't know that's just I guess a stereotype Eleni? No I love that point you just made about like you know, like in general in the gaming community, you know, the the games people play kind of reflect the type of gamer they are because I definitely think I look at my own sort of experience and timeline with gaming, you know, like I uh, always loved playing video games when I was little, you know, I would always play with my older brother um, and siblings and then I found, you know, when I got to like late primary school, early high school, I still loved games but I noticed that a lot of my male peers maybe kind of undermined my love of the hobby just I guess because you know I was a a a young female gamer so then at that time I found myself really dipping into like online multiplayer games to try and prove my worth as a gamer so like I was playing a lot of like COD and Halo and stuff like that and, and getting quite competitive um which I think that's a hilarious point you make B that I do think that the people who play online games frequently are maybe just competitive in nature and kind of want that you know the the thrill of the win um I always enjoyed sort of just playing people online and I would always I was that person who would like have my mic on muted and would just listen to people like if I got a kill or like I was having a good game like I would listen to people kind of get a bit upset and I would like thrive off of it um particularly because my Gamertag has the the name Wonder Woman in it. So there would usually be the whole like, oh, is this like a female gamer? What's going on here? Blah, blah, blah. Which for some reason I always took enjoyment out of. Um, but then I found that, again, this is all just about me wanting to be taken seriously as a gamer. Um, then I really got into like RPGs because I do think that, you know, uh, maybe hot take. I think there's sort of this established mentality in the gaming industry that maybe people who play RPGs are kind of the the top tier gamers you know there's a bit of an elitist status when it comes to you know the the people who grind their way through hundreds of hours of RPGs yep I I don't the RPGs I've grinded myself through are just making me feel worse about myself no but agreed that's what I was about to say is like the people who love that kind of gaming experience uh, it's almost like they're the sort of people who enjoy torture like I love an RPG but you know it's like picking up Elden Ring like as great as that game is it's not an enjoyable experience I don't think you know there's a there's a sense of accomplishment but like you know if you want to enjoy yourself you know like just pick up something nice and oh, easy and simple. Uh, that's such a good point. I realize GeoGuessr, my favorite achievement is that I got a really high score on a really hard map that took me two months to get. 
Yeah. And so that's something that I, in the past couple of months, have really worked through. I used to be the sort of person who would, you know, like play a game and then immediately put it on the most ridiculous difficulty and play through it. And then I would brag about it. I'm just throwing myself under the bus here, but it's true. I would like take pride. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't have the time to like spend like three hours on a level that I could get through in 20 minutes on a normal difficulty or like, you know, ultimately sometimes if I put it on a hard difficulty, I don't even finish the game because I get so frustrated. So now I'm at the point where I've just removed all pressure from myself. I've, you know, shed myself of those stereotypes. I'm just trying to enjoy my video game experiences. And, you know, for anyone out there who's maybe a little bit obsessed with the idea of, you know, finishing a game on a hard difficulty, playing online and wanting to get the win, I say to you, just enjoy yourself. And, you know, if you ever do need to just cool down from your gaming experience, you know, maybe just just jump in the freezer for a little bit if you've got one big enough. Um, our next song is definitely a freezer that's big enough. It's Temple to Freezer, and it is off the Legend of Spire, A New Beginning OST. You're listening to Player One on Sin. You just heard Body 070 Shake featuring Christine and the Queens. And before that was Temple to Freezer off the Legend of Spyro and New Beginning OST. You were, of course, listening to Play One on Sin. I am Eleni and I'm joined by Tom and Bianca for this lovely edition of Player One. Now, for anyone listening in, if you check your watch, check your clock, it should be around 10 p.m., which means, folks, we've still got one more fabulous hour of the show to go. Stay tuned because... We're going to be having a little chat about our favorite parent, guardian, child relationships in gaming, as well as, of course, the lovely quiz at Player One. Tom is our quiz master this week, so get very excited for what will sure to be an interesting quiz. But before we get to all that great content, we're going to let you know where you can find us and follow us on our social media. If you head to at Player One Sin on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we're there. We keep you up to date on any cool content we've got coming up, any news in the gaming space, anything like that. It's all on the social medias for you to check out. Of course, speaking of content, you know, our weekly shows get uploaded on the podcast realm, Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just type in Player One and we'll be there. As I said, the radio shows are there in podcast form, but we have other great content. We've got lots of interviews with local Twitch streamers up. We've got additional stuff like our Battle of the Brands, the Doomed Book Club chat, and so much more. So definitely check all that out because it's great content. Of course, if you want to see our lovely faces as well as our lovely voices, a lot of that content is on our YouTube as well. Player One, check it all out. It's all up there for you to enjoy. Before we head into our next song, though, we do like to take this time just to let you know if you are struggling, are needing to speak to anyone and reach out. We've got some great helplines here that are there for you. Very accessible lines. We've got Beyond Blue, 1300-224-636, Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800, and QLife Helpline at 1-800-184-527. They are all great resources, particularly for younger people. So anyone listening in, if you are struggling, please reach out to those lines. But as I said, we've got some great songs coming up. This one is a is a bop, a recent bop. Um, it is As It Was by, you know, one of our favourites, really. Harry Styles, you're listening to Player One on Sin. You just heard Dear Miss Holloway by Easy Life and 
featuring, of course, Kevin Abstract. That was from our Sweet 16. You can check that out every single week at sin.org.au or every Sunday on the Sweet 16 show. You should definitely check it out because it is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place to be. Now, of course, before that was As It Was by Harry Styles. And, you know, I was thinking about how something was uh, pretty recently, actually. I mentioned before I love getting into the nuzlocking scene um, and in a very difficult nuzlocke that I'm doing at the moment. I actually reached um, the father figure for Pokemon Emeralds um, gaming sphere. I said that very weirdly, but of course, Norman, the fourth gym leader of the game, uh, fifth gym leader even, is your father, uh, which is a very interesting thing for Pokemon. I don't think it's a great example of parent-guardian-child relationships because he's not there for a lot of it, but I don't know. It really brought to my mind, what are some great examples? So Lenny, hit me. Yeah. Uh, well, I find that I'm a bit of a sucker for like a parent, guardian, child relationship in games. And I feel like particularly in games, it's never necessarily like, a you know, a, a biological relationship, um, I guess, because all of the games I play, it's usually like a post-apocalyptic setting and unfortunately characters die. Um, the one that comes to mind straight away, and I feel like Tom will back me up here, is, um, you know, the relationship between Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us, I think is, you know, an absolute fantastic example of, a, you know, a, a daughter and sort of father figure um, dynamic that just shines. It really is sort of the crux of that game and the main relationship. And I think it's a testament to how well-written both the characters are individually, that then when they come together, it's such a, a fantastic dynamic uh, to explore. Uh a couple other ones I want to mention, you know, I'm I'm a big Bioshock fan. Everyone knows that. Um, Bioshock Infinite, the relationship between Booker and Elizabeth, of course, you know, we're first led to believe that, you know, that they're not related. We later find out that Elizabeth is his actual daughter. Um, I love that dynamic so much. Uh, I think, again, both fantastic characters individually and together. They're a great team. Uh, the last one I want to sort of mention before I throw off to Tom is uh, Lee and Clementine in Telltale's The Walking Dead. Uh, an absolute classic relationship, I think, you know, one that tugs on the heartstrings, I think, of of most gamers. You know, I, I know a lot of people who sort of cite that game and that relationship as one of the most heartbreaking gaming experiences ever. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't played the first season, although most people have, but, you know, that game ends with, with Lee sadly sadly die he gets infected um by a zombie and sort of one of the well the final decision you make at the end of that is to have clementine who's sort of become your adoptive daughter throughout this game either sort of put you out of your misery and and shoot you or leave you to to turn and what i sort of loved about the overall narrative of telltales the walking dead is that later clementine ends up becoming a mum to aj essentially so i sort of love that the way that game worked out is you start this relationship between a parent child and then that child ends up becoming the parent. And, you know, the, the culmination of that in the, the final season of um, Telltale's The Walking Dead is that depending on Clementine's parenting style, the whole sort of dynamic of that game changes. So I loved that, how, you know, it really put the, the importance of the adult child relationship at the forefront and ultimately it was such a beautiful story. So that one always gets me a little bit choked up, but Bianca, have you got more to say before I throw it to Tom? 
Oh, definitely. There was one that came to mind, and I'll pass to Tom in just a minute with this one. But um, the relationship between uh, the main character and the character Sojuro from Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. My God, that's well done. He goes from absolutely hating you and being um, a character that just does not want to do anything with you to becoming really a very dependent upon character, a character that you will see every single time you start any day in the game. And also just one of the best main characters in the series because he's reliable, he's funny, he's got this really interesting personality, he's deep, um, and he definitely brings in, uh, on two fronts even, that really interesting, almost regretful feeling of, um, and this is spoilers, of course, um, regretful feeling that he has for being forced to essentially take on two children as stepchildren and that's something that's explored within the game and done very very well and i think that it helps make him a super super lovable character it is a really cool dynamic and um he's probably the biggest supporter you have in the game just uh outside of morgana so that's pretty cool tom oh i i, ha I have a lot that come to mind and i, I think i'm gonna I'm going to mention one I sort of dislike first, which is uh, I really didn't like Rost and Aloy in Horizon Forbidden West and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I just felt like, it, because this, this Guardian relationship plot uh, and stuff that we get a lot, it, it's a sometimes really like, okay, we know it's going to pull at your heartstrings. Wow, here's like someone's pseudo parent and they're like, They've come out into their life in the part where they really need them. And now we're starting the main plot and we're getting into this excited place. And oh no, my parent figure has lost their life. But then as you slowly explore the game, you kind of like learn about the major impacts that they had. And it's kind of like they try to, to pull at that a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't think that that was done super well in Horizon, but keeping it on the PlayStation exclusives because I'm such a fan of Last First, by the way. Uh, I love that so much. It makes me ball and cry so much. But now again, it makes me ball and cry. God of War 4, which I'm surprised wasn't actually mentioned yet. Uh, God of War 4, of course, uh, explores the relationship between the God of War themselves and Boy. Uh, and it, it, the whole game centers around this plot. And it's just about how these two people who originally may not have had a strong relationship build and grow, not just to love each other, but to work together. And yeah, uh, Eleni, you as well, like, I know you love this game. No, and I actually, I'm, yeah, I can't believe I didn't think to bring up God of War, but I particularly like that you mentioned it because I think, like, let's be honest, in the original trilogy, I mean, Kratos is not a good dad. I mean, ultimately no. his selfishness and his actions lead to his family getting killed. So I think that the, you know, the actual healthy, I guess, parental relationship he has in the recent game is a testament to his character development and arc throughout his life uh before we finish up though bianca any final thoughts you mentioned one that um you didn't like and i'll mention one that a franchise that has a very bad history with making good parent figures and that of course is the fallout franchise i imagine having a parent or a child in that would absolutely be hell on earth so here is Hell on Earth from the Doom Eternal OST. Ooh, you're listening to Player One on Sin with Bianca, Tom, and Eleni. Yawnin, featuring Paul Mac, the dance mix by Matakichi 
is the song that you just heard. I definitely mispronounced that, but let's hope I don't mispronounce anything further because you're here with me. My name's Tom, we're on Player One, and this is my quiz, where I will be quizzing our fantastic hosts today, Eleni and Bianca, all about a topic I've chosen, which I should mention is a point up for grabs if you can guess the topic. I think it's probably rather obvious, but we'll figure it out. And I'll run you through the rules really quick, audience. We got this. So I'm going to say a question. If someone says their name, they buzzed in and they can answer the question. If they say it before the question is over, then I will stop speaking. And if they get it right, they get a point. If no one gets it, oh, I'm just going to say, oh, I got a point. So I can feel a little bit better about myself. And that's it. First to the most. Six, I think, is the most you can have. Uh, wins. But I'm, you know, I might spoil a little bit. We're going across two segments and we're beginning... Oh, are you two ready? Feeling as ready as I'm ever going to. I'm always ready. And Bianca, you're going down. Oh, okay. We'll see. We'll see. see. I'm keeping this one, this first question in the Nintendo realms. I know everyone loves Nintendo. What game series uh, was the last characters announced for Super Smash Bros. 3DS and Wii U from? Or B. Alrighty, so that would have been, uh, it would have been, sorry, could you repeat that one for me? What game series were the last characters uh, announced for Super Smash Bros. 3DS and Wii U from? So, Well, it would have been from Bayonetta. I am sorry. Uh, That... But Wii U and Smash Bros, the last DLC So was... not DLC, base game, I should have oh, said. Oh, come give, on. You can have, have it back. You can have it back. Come on. You can have it back. I'll give you, you can go oh, run it back. Um, um, base um, game, that was my bet. Okay, okay. Uh, who was new in... It's not Mega Man. Alone, she's getting is, time, the longer you it's... take. I'm running through the Smash roster trying to think of where... Uh, uh, it's not... Da, 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 da. I'm doing my drum roll at home, just waiting. Is it? Is it Meg? No, it's not Mega Man. It's a villager. Uh, so that would make it Animal Crossing, and that is incorrect. Sorry. Uh, Eleni. Eleni. I was happy to let Bianca just chill there because I've got no idea. Um, I really don't. So I'm just gonna say, is it? Is it Legend of Zelda? It is not the Legend of Zelda. I'm sorry, guys. That's the first point. That's for me. Uh, B, I did. You know what, that's all as well. I would take blame for that. But the last characters announced for the Super Smash Bros. 3DS and Wii U base game were uh, Duck Hunt Duo. Oh, I should have listened to a question a little bit closer. Yes, this is characters. 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 Duck Hunt Duo. That's one point for me. We're feeling good. Second question on the board. Who is the first recruitable NPC the player meets in Fallout 4? Given, of course, that they follow that kind of like kind of like the main pathway b b now the name is going to escape me here and this is the most okay. annoying if you say part it, of this I, i'm sure like we can it's the robot butler that you have at the start of the game in the home that gets blown up he sticks around and he waits for you and then he has a bunch of funny lines if you name yourself different things <laughs> i started that game like well that ruins times. the theme of the thing you know what? that's fair Oh no! That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I'll give it to you, B. That's correct. That's totally my bad. I did try to write that off of memory. What did uh, you have as the answer? Well, so the answer, the correct answer is Codsworth. Yeah, yeah, the that's right. The answer I had was dog meat. 
Ooh, dog meat. Dog, that's okay. That's a tricky one because technically, yeah, it's not long after. I completely it's not understand long after. where yep, you Yep, 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 yep. That's totally my fault. All the other ones I did have to look up sources for. So we're chilling. We're good. But that's totally your point. I think I lose the point from the previous question. Now, I, I should lose all these points. I, I, I have a question about the uh, the theme just quickly. Is oh. it by, Well, the theme that was meant to be there. Is it by chance dogs? It is. <laughs> Which is good because if you didn't get it by the second half of the quiz, uh, it would be a bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sad third question. What rhythm game... First release for the PlayStation 1 in 1996, where the, the character is titular in this one as well. So the um, name of the game is the name of the character. B. B. This is annoying because I don't remember the name of the game, but I can describe the game to you. Will that count? Well, so, uh, do you know the main character's name? It's the same name as the game. Well, I just said I don't know the name of the game, but I can describe it to you in detail. Okay. Uh, feel free to <laughs> explain it to me. A PlayStation 1 game from 1996 where the main character is also the, the titular. Oh, wait. Given the theme, it's Prapper the Rapper, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I feel bad, though. I feel like you don't earn that. <laughs> I was going for this. There's a rhythm game where there's a rabbit and it's like black and white with like sticks. I was thinking of that for a minute. Then, then I just dog. Oh, lady, you're the you're the EP. Is this fair? I'm Is just gonna I, I'm just gonna call it sick, honestly. I'm just not getting Oh, but I wrote so many cool questions. No, no, no. Uh, We're gonna okay, keep going. Okay, okay, can, okay, what's, okay. what's that, Bianca? What? I want four points. I can still come back. I got We're this. on one. Two, 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 two. Okay. What? 2006 game's name is a play on words for the Japanese word for great god and the word for wolf both in Japanese, yes B B. Is it Okami? It is indeed Okami, fantastic Well, at least you're shaking your head, that makes you feel less bad, Lenny <laughs> That was a throw dark <laughs> You're three out of four questions done so far, oh wait, no three questions answered, sorry, out of four uh, We got one more yeah, this one, this one is definitely, this is anyone's game. What breed is the breed of the first dog you can tame in survival mode in the hit game Tokyo Jungle? So if you guys just know dog breeds, you just throw them out there. Eleni. Eleni. Is it a German Shepherd? It is not a German Shepherd. B. B. I know it's not, but I really want it to be a blue healer. It is not that either. I got one with me. I'll give you a second guess while I go get mine. Anyone? B. B. Is it? I don't remember. Now I feel bad because this is a test to remember the breed of your dog. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I'm going to go with Beagle. I know oh, it's not. Is, there are Beagles in Tokyo Jungle, but they're not the first that you can uh, tame in survival mode. So Yeah, this is us exposing how just like horrible we are as like friends. Um, yeah. uh, mm, 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 mm. Is it a corgi it is not a corgi i wish you know i don't wish i had a corgi i just like corgis of course i love my pomeranian as he oh, is pomeranian he's a little yellow fluff ball i hug him all the time but you can't see because i always have my camera off that's right but that's fine but chill that's fine that's, that's fine you know like whatever we'll just we'll listen to a we'll listen to a good song everybody wants to rule the world 
covered by Lord. It's amazing, guys. It was in the Assassin's Creed Unity trailer. And after that, you can't take the pledge by good Pash. Here, on player one, on Sin, you can't take the plunge by Good Pash was the song that you just heard. That's a part of Sin's Sweet 16. You can find that on Sunday at 5 p.m. or sin.org.au. They make a playlist full of cool music every week. You should keep up to date with it. Guys, this is my quiz. I know I took forever to get through that part. You were waiting so patiently through that uh, the music. That's okay. We're here. We've got some questions. B is on four points. No, three points. Alana's yep. on none. The field is still open. Anyone's game at this point. We have five more questions. First question. The German Shepherd companion in Call of Duty Ghosts is named after what famous series character? Uh, Call of Duty. I don't know. Me, right. me neither. It's okay. It's okay. This one's easy. This one's easy. Just, just give it a shot in the dark. Can I just throw out like a stereotypical like white action hero name? So I'll I'll reread the question. And... John. <laughs> okay, ready. <laughs> the German Shepherd companion in Call of Duty Ghosts is named after what character? Okay, so you guys got time to think about this one. <laughs> What's annoying me is I can think of like trailers and I can like imagine it, but go you ahead. See, B. you can see the dog. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mason that because that feels right. Correct. That is incorrect. Um, Eleni. Eleni. I don't even, I genuinely don't know any of the names. Um, so they, they have, you can give their call sign as well in case. That, that doesn't help at all. Okay. Um, I don't know. Was there a character in Call of Duty called Soap? <laughs> there is. There up? is actually a character in Call of Duty named Soap. That is, is a reasonable Is the dog's guess. name Soap? The dog's name is not Soap. The dog's it's, name is Riley. It should uh, have been Soap. But it was written in a question, name. guys. The German Shepherd companion in Call of Duty Ghost is named after the character Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, I tried to always make it guessable. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this one is actual guessable. It's just it's plain numbers. Okay. Oh. Simon Riley, shout out to Simon Riley. I don't really know anything about them, by the way. Uh, how many different versions of Nintendogs released for the DS, excluding regional variants? Because that makes it much worse. B. Okay. B. Okay. So we have Nintendogs. We have Nintendogs Plus. We have no, no, Nintendo- full, just for the DS. There's of the base game uh, as a, just a, 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 a clarid fire. The game's so- released as Blank Dog and Friends. Like there was a name for a dog and friends. Uh, oh, geez. Oh, no. <laughs> I was hoping you meant like Nintendogs and cats and. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm going to throw a number out there and say a solid 11. Well, that is a lot, and it is also incorrect. Eleni. Eleni. I'll give whoever's closest, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was that many. I was going to say, like, six. You're oh, you're dead on the money! <laughs> yes! <laughs> there was multiple other variants released, such as the notable Japanese releases of two of them, especially the Chihuahua and Friends version. Uh, which gave you different dog options in the European version of the Dalmatian one. Uh, uh, you could have a fire truck Dalmatian and a little fireman's hat. Uh, 
you know. With Aww, it. I miss those games. They need to do like Switch Nintendogs. Yeah, that that's true. That would be kind of cool. Then I can forget about my law Nintendog. Where is he? I don't know. I love him so much. Anyway, he, he inspired this, guys. Okay, Scampy. Shout out to Scampy. If you're listening at home, I love you. Um, Best Friend Forever was released in 2020. Outside of dog owning, what genre does this game fall under? Um, Eleni. Eleni. Um, is it a RPG? No, I think you could probably put these into RPG, but it doesn't. It's not really. I saw it at PAX as well at an indie booth. It was a great time. They had socks. B. Is it a walking simulator? That'd be cool. You walk a dog. You could do that in a turn dogs. So that's kind of a walking simulator. No, it is not. Guys, come on. It's a dating sim. You adopt a dog and then you go out and you meet other dog owners. And you... uh, Obviously. Oh, how, did we not, how did we not guess that? Best cool, friend that's forever. Cool. It's, it was developed by a New Zealand studio, uh, you know, under Alliance. That's fine. Whatever. I do. I'll have to play it. You guys don't like dogs enough, apparently. Whatever. That's fine. Speaking of famous oh, dogs. <laughs> I like dogs. I don't like dating. That's why I didn't get that one. Isabel. I don't mix them. The dog mayor's assistant in Animal Crossing's head was recently discovered to have its design inspired hey. by me. By Bells. Well, there you go. She is a bell. Yep. It's actually uh, something that Palutina mentions in Super Smash, which I didn't know was something that was a thing that they had like quips about each other. Um, it's, they do say quite a few funnies. I, I did find it as well funny because Isabelle in, um, in Japanese, that's not her name. And typically oh. Animal Crossing, but well, Eleni, I don't think pun? you can come back from this as well. Uh, no, yeah, it's secretary, the, basically. The, the math doesn't really add up here, does it? But that's yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm happy to be chatting about dogs because I do love dogs, despite quote, despite Tom accusing B and I of, of not. I, next, I love dogs. Next week is going to be, we're going to include a whole area on dogs just to prove this. I have like yeah. favorite best, video game dog segment. Best dog. It's coming next week, guys. My, you know, to quote the recent uh, election, uh, mathematically it's possible, but it will be difficult. Uh, thank you, Josh Frydenberg, for that quote. Um, here we go. Last question. Which character has the saddest death in The Last of Us 2? Eleni. Eleni. If you name what their association, I guess, we'll give you the point. If you could point out where they occur in the game or... Spoilers for Last of Us 2. Great game. Go play it if you haven't. You know, I just said my name and I didn't even think about what my answer was going to be. Um, <laughs> that's to that's the player one tactic. It actually it actually <laughs> is, though. Um, I'm assuming it has something to do with the dog dying. Well, you, I mean, there's plenty of dogs. So. That's, that's what I mean. So I don't... Disgraceful. Yeah. Pseudo Last of Us 2 fan. B, what's I know, up? this is going to bother me. Would it be any of the NPC dogs? And when the uh, people around, they go, oh no, my dog is dead because they react to the things around them. So and it's not, one, it's not one of the dead. random combat encounter dogs. Or... No, 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 no. You said the saddest. And that it was is, the saddest it is, part it of the game for me. I don't care if it's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> Sadness is a subjective. Aledi's in shock. Guys, the character is, of course, Alice. Your dog, when you play as Abby, it chills out in the aquarium. It's got the squeaky dolls. 
Okay, in my defense, in my defense, and let's be honest here, let's be really honest about that game. I reckon I spent like 30 hours playing through Ellie's part of that story and about two hours playing through Abby's. So like I that ha- second half of the game is a blur to me. So that's okay. The dog is all squeaky toes and you, you come in as uh, as Ellie and you're like, well, I'm breaking into this aquarium. Kill the dog. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Actually, you're right. You're right. Sorry, so much. So much goes on. So yeah. much goes on in that game. There's a lot of sadness. Especially at that but, point. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Good shout. There's also arguably a sadder death, but if you argue it, you're wrong. It's a simple fact because I'm ready to fight you. Also, I'm ready by Jaden Smith off the Spider-Man Miles Morales original soundtrack. That's coming up next. High Priestess as well, following it. Santi Gold is the artist on that one. That's explicit. Put your kids to bed, maybe tuck them in. It's fine. We're playing one. We're on sin. You just heard High Priestess by Santa Gold. That one did have some swear words in it, so I hope your kids were sleeping. And you know what? I feel like a bit of a High Priestess right now because I was the one who won that quiz. Oh, yes, I did. I apparently know a lot more about video game dogs than I thought. But of course, if you want to learn about video game dogs, then there's plenty of places to look. But the best place is still somehow player one on sin you can check out of course our socials where we may just post some dog related content who knows you'll have to keep an eye out for that one on our instagram and our twitter and our tiktok because you never know what might go up there as well player one on youtube is a place to check we have some interviews up on there to check out we have some previous content on there as well we have previous content on uh, uh, omni apple podcast google podcast and spotify and literally anywhere else where you can find a good podcast if we're not there it's not good sorry that's the way to make the rules that's just how it is and of course course as i said there's heaps of great stuff on the podcast realm let's just give you a quick idea of some of the wonderful stuff that's up there of course if you want to hear me win that quiz once more you can check out our previous episodes on that podcast realm of course eleni's done some wonderful wonderful interviews with some local streamers that's pretty bloody cool um as well there is some special content like the battle of the brands which is a pretty cool uh, gaming grudge match spin-off kind of thing. It's really cool. I was a part of it. Definitely listen to that one. And Tom, one you were a part of, the Doomed Book Club. Just give me like a quick 30-second idea of what that is because that sounds super cool. Well, Connor and I found out we both love Doom and we love each other and we love just chilling and unwinding in a, in a recording booth. So we, we really mellow out. We relax. We talk about our favorite things about Doom. Once a month, we play a new Doom game. We're up to Doom 2. That's that's going to be coming out soon. I'm super excited. Ooh, definitely, definitely. I am excuse, I'm waiting for you guys to get up to Doom 64 because personally, that is my favorite one to play, even if not many people like it. But, of course, uh, we are, of course, running to the end of the show. Of course, it is that time of night, as always. It's time to go relax. It's time to go chill out for the rest of the night. Of course, you can keep listening to Sin if you like, but if not, of course, check out the socials, check out Sin's scheduling because there's heaps of wonderful shows on every single day. And as well, if you want to be a part of any of those shows, including Player One, if you want to prove to us that you know everything about dogs in video games, come join us, sin.org.au, and then go down the recruiting rabbit hole and, hey, you'll join us. You'll be pretty cool. You're not cool until you're here. But, of course, we are reaching the end of the night, as I said, Eleni. Tom, do we have any final words for the wonderful, wonderful people behind their radios? I'm gesturing at my 
Then my I'm doing the same thing. This is what happens when you don't put your camera on. I'm like, I'm like, you want to observe? Guys, I love all of you. Look at yourself. Look at you. You're killing it right now at 11 o'clock at night or whatever time it is. You're doing a fantastic job. I'm so proud. You're on of you. the road. Don't stop looking at the road. No, you can you can vaguely see yourself in your own reflection in the window. Probably. There you go. Good job. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. We love that positive energy, Tom. Um, and I'm going to keep channeling and manifesting that positive energy. I hope everyone's enjoyed the show. You know, we, we love chatting about games here on Player One. We love chatting about content. So anyone, when you get home, play some games. There are some great games coming out at the moment this year. It's been a great game, a great year for video games. So many great releases. You should go play them all. You know, I'm so excited to have the quarry coming out. That's what I'll be, I'll be playing soon. So anyone listening in, I hope you've had a great great time uh bianca what would you like to say to our audience i just want to pull back the curtain a little bit on our on when we do the recordings for things because um i'm sure people will go why didn't you talk about the pokemons go check out that trailer if you saw something cool in it hit us up on the socials and tell us about it because as for a reference the trailer for us is in about an hour and a half so that's really cool thanks nintendo and game freak couldn't look out for little old us um but of course no hit us up i want to know what your favorite new pokemon is tell me please i need new opinions on this but of course as eleni said 